0: Hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Church. Christchurch. It's great to be with you guys this evening. Hope you're going well. If you're tuning in with us on the live stream, hello as well. Great to have you here with us tonight. I'm really looking forward to sharing with you guys this evening as we continue a series that we've been doing called Be the Church. And uh, as Ange mentioned earlier, last week had a lot of fun sharing with you what it means for us to be a true community. And uh, what we're going to be looking at tonight is another very important thing that we need to understand if we are going to be the church that Jesus has intended for us to be. Before we jump into the message uh, this evening, can we just take a moment to bow our heads together let's just ask God to come and speak to us tonight. So, Lord God, we give you this time. We thank you for the power that is found in your word. And Lord, I pray that tonight, as we open it around this very important subject, uh, Lord, I pray that we would have a real tangible sense that what we do matters. And Lord, I pray that we would see things that we could not see before. Pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you and that you would open our eyes to see new things. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Across the final pages of the book of Matthew, we find the story of 11 disciples who stood up on a mountain 2,000 years ago and looked upon a man standing before them that they had seen die, their very own eyes. This beloved teacher and friend had been beaten and whipped until he could not be recognized. He had been nailed to a cross and had hung there until he breathed his last breath. And yet, as they stood upon this mountain looking at him, there he was, more alive than ever before. And in that moment, the eleven disciples looked upon the Christ who had died to save the world from its sin, and who had come out of the grave with the keys to death clutched within his fist. After accomplishing what he had come to the earth to do, Jesus gave a mission to his disciples that were gathered atop that mountain. And it's also a mission that was given to all of the men and women throughout history who would follow in their footsteps. Jesus opened his mouth and began to speak to his followers saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." This was the Great Commission and it was the starting line for the greatest mission of all time. Jesus was going to bring the good news of salvation to the whole world and he would use ordinary people like you and I to do it. It is the mission that has been entrusted to us by God to bring the good news of his kingdom to his people to the people and the world around us and it is this assignment this mission that we are going to be talking about tonight and the cool thing is if you are a follower of jesus yourself then you are here because someone took this mission very seriously and if we are going to be the church and see lives changed around us then we need to be doing something about this mission The question is, what does that look like? How do we do this mission in our world today? And what does it look like for us as a community here at our City 6 p.m. service to do that mission? Well, the mission that began on that mountain with the 11 disciples all those years ago is not one that we can do alone. Just as the beauty of a symphony can only be appreciated when each member plays their small part in the song, so also we must each play our part in bringing the beauty of God's kingdom to the people around us. And I believe there's many ways that we can do that, but there are three areas that I want to focus on tonight that I feel may be helpful to you as you consider what it looks like to play your part in this mission And so uh, we're going to be uh, looking at the question of how do I do mission in my workplace, in my city, and in my world. And we're going to be looking a bit at these three areas and how we can play our part in impacting each of them. And that's an exciting thing for you to get a hold of tonight because God has called you to the mission of bringing the good news of his kingdom to the earth. And when you give yourself to that mission, you can play a part in transforming your workplace, your city, and your world. So let's start with the first one. How do I do mission in my workplace? Well, few things can seem as intimidating to us as the idea of sharing our faith with other people who might think we are crazy, annoying, or just plain weird. After all, explaining to people that you have an invisible friend who sometimes speaks to you in your head and also who runs the head office of the universe can be a bit strange if they've never been exposed to it. So the first thing that I think is important to highlight is the fact that when Jesus gave the great commission to his disciples, the last thing that he promised them was that he would be with them even to the end of the age. And this is pretty important for us to remember because when we go into the mission field of our workplaces, we are not going there alone. You see, God's Spirit lives on the inside of every follower of Jesus. And so when we walk into the hospitals and the offices and the construction sites that we work at, He is going to those places with us. And because he goes with you, he's also pretty good at helping you when you ask him to. Which brings us to one of the most effective ways you can do mission in your workplace, which is to pray. Pray for God to move on the hearts of the people around you. You know, I know of at least three people who were praying for me a long time before I met Jesus. So prayer works. So pray and don't just go to your workplace for God. Know that you go with him each day but we are also called to share our faith in our workplaces but how do you go about sharing your faith uh, or I should say how you go about sharing your faith in your workplace does matter for example standing on your desk and reciting the Apostles Creed may or may not be effective uh, but I can't say for sure I've never actually tried it myself And it's not just what you say that affects people at your workplace. It's also what you do and how you act. You see, if your workmates know that you are a follower of Jesus, well, then you are painting a picture for them of what the life of a follower of Jesus looks like for better or for worse. And people can tell a lot about what you value and the integrity that you have by the way you just simply live your life. And here's a pro tip. Complaining about other people to your workmates does not advance the cause of the kingdom. There's a scripture that I feel gives us some, some really great principles on how we can do mission in our workplaces. So if you take a look with me at 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13, it says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, and do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ May be ashamed of their slander." So this scripture highlights the fact that our attitude in our workplaces is pretty important. We must do good to the people of our workplaces. We must show kindness and gentleness and not in a cheesy way or a manufactured way, but be authentic. And when someone asks you or an opportunity to have a conversation about God pops up, well, then I would encourage you to be bold and share because you might just change their life with that conversation. But as the scripture says, when you do that, do it with gentleness and respect. And also use wisdom. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. If you're working in a hospital, you know, maybe it's not the greatest time to share the gospel while you're halfway through someone's kidney transplant. Just an idea. So look for the right opportunities. And the other thing I love about this passage is the call to revere Christ as Lord in your hearts. And I think you could replace the word revere here with treasure. Treasure Christ as Lord in your heart. In the same way that a parent goes to bed on Christmas Eve with huge anticipation because they know that their kid is going to unwrap the treasures that they have for them when they wake up in the morning, so also we will be excited, not embarrassed, to help others unwrap the gift of the good news about God if we remember that he is a beauty beyond beauty and a treasure beyond words. When we do that, it becomes a privilege to share about him with others, not a burden. My friends, God has called you to the mission of bringing the good news of his kingdom to the earth. And when you give yourself to this mission, you can play an exciting part in seeing your workplace transformed. So that's workplaces. The next question is, how do you do mission in your city? Because God has not just placed you in a workplace, he has placed you in a city, a pretty great one, if I can offer that biased opinion. And so if you are a follower of Christ and you live here in the city of Christchurch, then you have a mission from Christ to reach this city with the good news of God's kingdom. And I have a few ideas to share with you, and while these certainly are not the only ways to do mission within our city, here are three ways that I think you can do it. Uh, So the first one is evangelism. The other one is good works. And the last one is being plugged into the life of a church. So evangelism is one way that you can do mission here in the city of Christchurch. You can go out and actually talk to people and share the gospel uh, with people out in our community. And this can look like a lot of different ways. Uh, Back in December, some of you might remember we had a team of missionaries that were staying here at our church uh, who had come down from Nelson. And one of the things that they did while they were here was they actually spent some time going out into the central city and walking the streets and striking up conversations with people. Pretty bold, my introvert heart would not be excited about such things. Uh, But they go out and they actually uh, go to this food caravan and um, they're having a chat with a guy who's running it, and they find out that he was actually uh, at one of the mosques when the shooting happened a couple of years ago. And uh, they talked to him a little bit more, and they found out that he actually had been shot himself, and because of that, he had had pain in his back uh, every day since then. And so this uh, team of missionaries, a few of them went out on a limb, and they asked this man, if he would mind if they prayed for him to be healed. And so he said, yep, that's fine. And so they prayed for him and asked God to heal him. And then after they finished up with that, they asked him to bend over and test his back. And he, with amazement, realized that he had no pain in his back. And so he was so just blown away by this miracle that had happened within his own body that he actually then started talking to them and asking them, you know, about their faith, and and so they had an opportunity to pray with him, and they actually led him to the Lord inside his food caravan, and that was just down the street. So, uh, that's pretty cool, and uh, that's one way you can approach evangelism, which is straight on, you just go for it, and uh, hope something cool happens. The other way to do it is to find a way to get involved with something in the community that will sort of get you around some other people that you can then have the opportunity to share your faith with them as you build relationship with them. And, you know, I remember I had a friend of mine named Dave back in Kansas City, and he had a bit of an odd hobby. Uh, So he was really into panhandling for gold. Uh, And for those of you that don't know what that is, what that is is where you go digging around in riverbeds, and then you take the dirt and the sand, and you sort of run it through this sluice thing, and you try to find little chunks of gold. And uh, you guys might remember it, since I understand it was actually a pretty trendy activity uh, around here back in the 1800s. It's a joke. Oh, thanks, thanks. So, my friend Dave, he goes around and he finds out that there actually is, believe it or not, a Panhandlers Club in Kansas City. And so he goes, Oh, well, I want to be a part of that. So he joins the club and uh, starts getting to know people and building relationships. And um, the amazing thing is, after about a year, they liked Dave so much that they actually made him president of the Kansas City Panhandlers Society. And uh, so Dave was such a likable guy, and he built all these relationships. With these, with these other uh, people, and so because of that, Dave had a lot of opportunities to share the gospel with them. And so because of that, a bunch of people who might not have ever set foot inside of a church got to hear the gospel. And because of that, some people who came looking for one type of gold ended up finding the gold of something far more valuable. Maybe for you, mission is not joining a panhandler society, but it's you inviting your neighbors around for dinner, uh, getting to know them a bit. Maybe it's coaching rugby or starting a chess club. As Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so the opportunities are endless if you're just willing to try something out. Another way you can do mission in our city is to do good works and I know they're looking for some volunteers down at the Christchurch City Mission and there's another food bank called the Kairos Food Store that's just uh, popped up recently and I know some of you are visiting care homes here in our city and loving on some of the older folks in our community and so there are plenty of opportunities around to be salt and light and share the kindness of God with others all across our city. And you can find most of them with a simple Google search. Lastly, you can do mission in your city by being involved in the life of your church. Now, this one sounds a little funny because it's like, how do we do mission out there if we're involved in the life in here? The thing is, you know, it it doesn't have to be this church and it doesn't have to be a church that meets inside of a building. But what matters is that you are plugged in somewhere. Because if you remember what Jesus said to his 11 disciples on the mountain, he didn't say, go therefore and make converts of all nations. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And one of the easiest ways for you to be discipled and for you to play a part in discipling others is to be a part of Christian community. God has called you to the mission of bringing the good news of his kingdom to the earth. And when you give yourself to this mission, you can play a part in seeing our city transformed. And last but not least on our journey tonight, there is the question of how do I do mission in my world? And this one is close to my heart because although I am a pastor, I am also a missionary. Jesus told his followers on that mountain to make disciples of all nations. And so part of doing mission as the people of God involves sending some of us to take the good news of God's kingdom to the nations of the world. And for some of us, that might look like living here in New Zealand and sharing the gospel with internationals who live right here in this city. Uh, or it might look like giving a portion of our income to supporting missions work that's happening overseas which by the way is absolutely critical to making that happen and then for others doing mission in our world might look like God actually sending you overseas no matter which of these it is for you I hope that you are starting to see that doing mission anywhere is simply about ordinary people like you and I saying yes to playing our small part in a story that's much bigger than ourselves. And that's why I was really inspired by a story I once heard from a guy named Lauren Cunningham. Some of you might be familiar with his name. He is the founder and director of YWAM. And this was the story of a young guy named Alex who played a big part in bringing the kingdom of God to a group of people in a pretty amazing way. And God may not ever call you to do do the crazy things that Alex did, but I hope that his story inspires you about the power of saying yes to whatever God calls you to do in someone else's story. So at 24 years old, Alex was working with YWAM, uh, and he was part of a group of about 26 missionaries who decided to do something pretty brave and daring and what they felt God leading them to do was to go into the camp of an armed rebel group that was actively fighting against government forces in a nation in Africa and so this team of young people went into the camp and somehow managed to secure an audience with the leader of the camp and they offered something that probably struck that leader as being pretty odd they came in and they said hey we um, we're just wanting to come in and we're wondering if we can do your dishes if we can do your laundry uh, maybe clean your tents uh, you know just help prepare meals for your soldiers and uh, these rebel soldiers at this camp mind you were not good upstanding citizens okay they were murderers they were rapists they were kidnappers they were the kind of people that you would most likely want to get as far away from as you possibly could. But this team of very bold missionaries felt that God wanted to bring the good news of his kingdom into the darkness of this camp. And so the only thing that they asked for in return for their serving was the opportunity to share the gospel freely with the soldiers of the camp. And by the grace of God, the leader of this camp agreed to their request. And so these guys lived at the camp, and they simply served. They washed the laundry, they cooked meals, they shared laughs, and over time they started to build a relationship with these hardened rebel soldiers. And so everything was going better than they could have expected until one particular evening when one of the soldiers came out of his tent holding a knife. And it turns out that this soldier would periodically go into a sort of demonic trance. And when he did, he could only get out of this trance by killing someone. And so he holds up this knife and he starts to move towards the members of this YWAM team who don't really know what's going on, but the other soldiers begin scattering because they've seen this before. They know all about this guy. And so they begin to shout to the missionaries, run, run, he has to kill someone. And so everybody starts backing away from this man, which was the normal thing to do. But one person did not back away. One person stepped forward, Alex. Alex stepped forward and he began to walk towards the man. And he said, he's not going to kill anyone. Jesus is going to set him free today. And so everyone else is yelling at Alex to back off. And even the man holding the knife began to yell, run, run, you have to get away from me. I have to kill someone. And Alex, now just a short distance away, says, no, you don't. Jesus is going to set you free today. And at that moment, the man drops his knife, falls to his knees, and begins to weep. As the presence of god washes over him and sets him free instantly is <laughs> it's pretty great so alex goes over and hugs him prays for him and leads him to the lord on the spot now it gets crazier as a result of this insane amount of courage i don't know if i could ever do what alex did uh, as a result of this insane event, 900 militants ended up deciding that they themselves were done fighting, and so they surrendered and laid down their arms. And the really cool thing was that the governments of this African nation promised that the militants could be granted amnesty for their crimes if the YWAM team members were willing to go on the journey to rehabilitate them. And so they did. And a few years later, as Lauren Cunningham told the story, a few of those militants ended up coming to a YWAM Congress that was being held in Nigeria, and they actually had the opportunity to share their testimonies. One of the former militants stood on stage and said, my job used to be to kidnap people in the middle of the night. I have not been rehabilitated. I have been transformed. By the love of Jesus Christ the governor of the states that this rebel group was operating in later held an official thank-you ceremony to express the government's gratitude for YWAM and the work that they had done this governor made a public statement and said what guns and bullets could not do the love of God has done the darkness of that militant camp bowed that day to the light of the kingdom that Alex and the other missionaries brought with them. The good news of Jesus wasn't just a positive influence, it was positively transformational. And because people like you and I were willing to play the part that they felt God leading them to do, men who once murdered became givers of life, and kidnappers who once took people into bondage learn to set people free. You never know what the ripple effect of saying yes to your simple part in someone else's story can be. And I'm not saying that you need to go sell everything and move to Africa tomorrow, be pleased to know. But I am wanting to say that the mission that Jesus gave to us is not just about the people next door. It's about the nations hearing the good news. And you might not be one of the ones that God calls to a distant land, or you might be. I was. But either way, whether you go yourself, or whether you play the important role of giving money to support other missionaries who do go, you can play a part in making disciples of all nations. And that's an exciting thing because God has called you to the mission of bringing the good news of his kingdom to the earth. And when you give yourself to this mission, you might just play a part in seeing our world transformed.